Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of Is This Real Life? I am so excited about this week's guest. It's my friend and colleague, Matt Oliver, who is from the UK, and I asked him to decode some of the common British accents that we hear on Bravo, including Dorit Kemsley, James Kennedy, and James's dad, who we see for the first time in this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules. So... Thank you so much, Matt, for joining. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Please be sure to follow Is This Real Life on social media at ITRL underscore podcast and let me know what you think. Also be sure to rate the episode on SoundCloud or iTunes. So uh, I'm in New Delhi, India with Matt Oliver. Hey, Mandy. And Matt and I work together. He also happens to be from the UK. And I thought he'd be able to give an interesting perspective on reality TV, uh, especially because there are so many British people on a lot of the shows that we watch, um, including Vanderpump Rules. But before we get started in talking about Vanderpump, wanted to get your thoughts on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dorit Kemsley. So I just played a clip for Matt of Dorit and PK. I was so upset when you called me from Hong Kong. I was so affected by what you were telling me. I understand. I couldn't rationalize it, you know? You know what, PK? It was rough at moments and it was odd. And I didn't expect you it. You didn't expect it because you didn't deserve it. I think with regards to Rinha, I thought things were really nice between us. I really don't know where to go with her because she's someone that kind of freaks me out. Yeah, you can't trust her. She's like one person one day and another person in another mm. moment. You don't really know who There's you're going to get. There's a term for that. It's called schizophrenic. Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure I've ever been quite so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't place it. I thought for a while it was mid-Atlantic, like dropped off by a plane splash in the middle of the Atlantic. Um, but I, now, now that I actually know where she's from, it still makes absolutely no sense. I, I can't help. Do you think she could pass as British? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I mean... I, she, what gives it away? The fact that her accent is batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. It's uh, So there are aspects of it 
and you could just about think that she maybe came from like a quite a rural upbringing and then moved somewhere else that like two completely different accents slammed together but it's just not it just doesn't it's fit. not fitting People, but what about her husband pk I mean, I didn't hear him speak, so I don't know. No, you did. You oh, said the he's other British. dude. Yeah, that's oh, her husband. Yeah, he's definitely British. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Uh, he is Boy George's manager. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, and Boy George lives with them part of the time. Wow. Now that is a bit strange. So is Boy George popular in the UK? I mean, uh, for people who are in their sixties. Okay. I mean, but, but like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he used to be, but he's kind of not. So well-known anymore. Like a fading star. Yeah, I don't think he's had a hit since, like, 80-something. I had trouble telling the difference between Boy George and George Michael for a period of time, and I'm not proud of that. Yeah. Um, It's a good thing you never explained that to either of them, (laughs) because they probably both be better than I Um, So let's get into Vanderpump Rules. So Matt watched his first-ever episode of Vanderpump Rules this week. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I should say that it's also, I think, the first reality TV episode I've watched for probably 15 years, maybe so longer. what was the first reality show you ever saw? So the first series of Big Brother. Okay. I, I watched that. Uh, and then I like think... 2003? Uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, and then the most recent thing I watched was the first ever series of Survivor in the UK. And the only thing I remember is that the woman who won was hot and annoying but i was like 12 so teenage hormones were like i can get along with this whatever it hasn't changed that much uh, no. <laughs> yeah hot and annoying people it's i mean you've nailed it um so yeah i think that was probably the most reasonable that I so in terms of hot and annoying of the vanderpump rules people that you saw and i can remind you of their names if you describe them where do they fall on the hot and annoying scale well, I mean, so I don't wish to get too scientific, but there's like a, a theory on this. You know, if you can be like super hot and s- super annoying, but if you're the right side of the line, you're fine. Okay. But anything that's below like equally hot and equally annoying, you've just got to get rid of it. Matt is creating an X and Y axis yeah. for me using his hands. This is a really <laughs> radio class performance that I'm putting on now. Um, so I think if... If your question is, who would I most like to, like, who, get to know better? Yes. So I, it seemed to me that Brittany was a genuinely nice person. You're, you are correct on that. But I wouldn't be most likely to ask Ariana out for a Ooh, drink. Ooh, Ariana's think. cool. Yeah. I think so, at least. Or, like, her punchy friend. Um, the one oh, who was like, Lala. Yeah, I mean, I respect her like straight out you have to respect the lala this is amazing you've only seen one episode of vanderpump Mm. rules you don't know history of these people and you already are on the same page as me okay that probably says more about like how long you and i have (laughs) (laughs) although this episode didn't have a lot of stassi and it did show her in kind of a negative light so you didn't get to experience like the amazingness of Stassi, right? Uh, which I am actually one of the people that's a fan of Stassi and Ariana, and the two of them notoriously have not gotten along. Okay. But since the uh, season stopped airing, they somehow have become on better terms. So they have the same birthday, June 24th, not that I've memorized it. 
And save your judgment. And every year they each have a birthday party separate and the groups of friends have to kind of like figure out who's going to who's. And it's been a recurring thing on the season. And Stassi makes the biggest deal out of her birthday. Right. But it's so funny. And uh, Ariana is not as into her birthday, but she'll do something really fun or weird. So wanted to go through some of the things that came up. Uh, so we were watching together and there was a lot of James in this episode. So James Kennedy mm-hmm. uh, was the DJ. He was mm-hmm. there with his girlfriend and his dad was visiting. And yeah. his dad, we got some backstory. So apparently his dad grew, well, you'll tell me how you think he grew up, but he became very close with George Michael and was his manager and they made a lot of money together and a lot of music together and then there was a falling out and after that they lost a lot of money and he thinks that's what led to his parents to split up and that happened last year and it was pretty tough on him uh but you were saying that like so his dad andros has a very very different accent than james i'm putting on my jacket so my dad thinks i'm more smart hey keeping it gangster London gangster. Explain that. So, uh, Andrus's accent is very much like somebody who came from a less privileged upbringing. Okay. Probably, like, my guess would be inner city, but then if he grew up with George Michael, like, George Michael famously came from quite a difficult background and made it big. So, that totally makes sense. And it's weird that James doesn't have the same accent, but then also... He obviously grew up in a family with a lot of cash or that at one point was relatively well off. So I would guess that he, my guess is that he was privately educated. Okay. Yeah. You used a different term when we were like about, he would have like certain lessons. Oh, he may have had elocution lessons. What, explain what that is. So elocution lessons is a posh way of saying uh, somebody taught him to speak properly in like the Queen's English kind of like. Properly is the definition of, you know, pronouncing everything perfectly. Like how you speak? Uh, You speak the Queen's English. I don't speak perfect Queen's English. But you speak quite perfect Queen's Uh, English. So just to give you an example, what's the the green stuff that grows in a field? Grass. Right. Grass. I say grass too, but the Queen's English would be to say grass. (laughs) Okay. That's Um, it. That, I I get it. Okay. I get it. You're not, Okay. Um, I guess there's not, so in this episode, Sheena is trying to convince Brittany that there are other guys out there besides Jax, her boyfriend, who has cheated on her, and as you could see towards the end of the episode, can be quite emotionally abusive. Yeah. So, that was kind of interesting to see, like, her her trying to get Brittany to kind of get out there again. But it's a little weird because Brittany is not broken up with Jax and is just kind of going along to be friendly, but she's not really interested in flirting with anyone. Mm. Do you think it's a little odd that, you know, as and when you're in a relationship with someone and your friend doesn't like that person, so they're just, like, trying to drag you out and, like, what, get you to cheat? It's a little weird. Ah, uh, so yeah, I didn't read it that way. Oh, how did you read yeah, it? Yeah, I just kind of read it that she was a bit like sitting down with a friend... Honestly, your boyfriend's a douche. He's not treating you properly. There are plenty more fish in the sea type thing. Okay. That was kind of how... I I thought it probably came from a slightly more generous place. Okay. I like that. 
I'll yeah, go with that. I thought she came across pretty well. Obviously, I have no background No, I think whatsoever. she does care, but, but I, yeah. I do think she does care. So, Jax had his birthday party, which was at Hooters. Uh, Brittany puts this, like, huge thing on. There are balloons. Uh, then she gives him an, elect- an electric drum kit. And the guys, Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, both of whom are named the Toms, Tom mm-hmm. Tom, uh, they got him a male romper, and then they got some for themselves. Thoughts on that party? Would you want to be a guest at that party? No. Would you just rather watch it on TV? I mean, I, I'd rather just totally ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I... So, without getting too heavy into the Jax thing right now, yeah. uh, the guy's a douche, and... Uh, you would rather not celebrate. Total man child. Yeah. And his most defining characteristic that I can tell is that he looks like 2009 UK X Factor winner Shane Ward, who did not go on to have a successful pop career. <laughs> Look him up, I'm telling you. I, we, I'm going to do that right after this. Okay. So then another interesting thing that happened in this episode is so Billy Lee is a hostess at Sir and she's transgender. And is, I think, one of the first openly transgender people on reality TV, at least in the shows that I've watched. And they've made that kind of uh, sort of her thing on the show, like her plot line or whatever. So um, she gets asked out by Jeremy, who's Ariana's brother. And she tells Stassi and Kristen, like, hey, Jeremy asked me out. Like, we're going to go on a date. And Stassi and Kristen were like, eh, like, he's kind of creepy. Are you going somewhere in public? And that ended up biting them in the ass because then everyone found out they said that. And there was just a whole lot of chaos that ensued. Um, Two questions. The first is... How do you, like, do you think that they did the right thing in, like, warning her that they thought that he was potentially off? And the other question is, like, how do you think he handles himself on the date? So, no, I don't think that they did the right thing. And if they meant well, they would have done it differently. Like, whatever their past experiences, and obviously I only saw the flashbacks of the wedding and whatever. That's all we saw. We've never seen that before. Right, okay. So you've got dude who was, like, drunk and a bit horny at a wedding and a bit touchy-feely. Okay, not cool, but, like, not are you going to be in a public place with him? Like, that basically implies that he's a rapist. Like, Mm -hmm. that you need to be surrounded by people and you're not safe being on your own with this guy. Okay. And that is way too heavy for just some dude that, as far as we know, hasn't physically assaulted a woman. As far as I know, hasn't yeah. physically assaulted a woman. So the interesting part about this is that there was a police record where uh, a woman claims that he, uh, his ex-girlfriend, claims that he did assault her and was, like, waving a gun around. Now, that later has been proven to be false. Um, the woman retracted it. Basically, she was twice his age and groomed him when he was a teenager. And then when he was 18, she slept with him. And then she got in the situation where she framed him for domestic violence. And later when she was caught, she coughed up to it, um, which is really crazy. I found this all out between the time that we watched right. the episode, <laughs> which was like two days ago. And okay. now, um, while we've been working 16-hour days, this is what I was doing during my, like, eight hours off, not sleeping, but going through court records and trying to figure out what happened. Uh, so that's that's the background. So I'm wondering if maybe 
like Stasi and Kristen didn't know that part of it and only knew the allegations and maybe thought that, you know, between the allegations and his behavior at Katie's wedding, that maybe, but who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't buy that again. I mean, you, if that was the case, you say, well, you, you did know there were those, like, that was that a court case or those allegations. Yeah, you would but. say it, but they, they edit so selectively sometimes on these shows. So it's really tough to right. know. Um, but Jeremy on the date. So one thing he said when, you know, Billy brought up, like, you know, I am like trans. <laughs> like He's like, yeah, I know. Um, he said, you deserve to be acknowledged as a woman because that's what you are now. Thoughts on that? Well, first of all, totally true. Totally true. Obviously totally true. Obviously. He lay, went, laid it on quite heavily in yeah. the whole, like, I respect your decision thing. I don't know the guy, so cool. Let's, let's assume that's legit. And genuine. But, you know, there's also a camera in your face, and someone's just asked you what you think about them being transgender. You probably would lay it on quite heavily. Yeah, I mean, I think he just wanted her to feel comfortable because it sounds like she hasn't had a lot of dates since. Um, so she had a boyfriend and they broke up after three years because she couldn't have children. And she brings this up like early on in the season where she's like, yeah, I just went through a breakup because, you know, I'm trans and I can't have kids. And he really wanted to have like, quote unquote, his own kids. And like, we couldn't do that together. So we ended up parting ways. So I think he was probably, Jeremy was probably trying to make her feel like, fully comfortable with like I get I know who you are I know your background and I like very interested in you and yeah cool I thought he came across pretty well um as I said at the time I think he looks like Triple H's younger brother but you know that's cool <laughs> that's a vibe Go for wait it. who's Triple H uh he's a WWE wrestler like from Do the you Rocks watch era wrestling? everybody in the UK watched wrestling when they were 14 and really everyone was well, it like a, no, that's not true. Everybody does everyone can. who's 14 now in the UK watch wrestling? I have no idea. But like we all knew like who The Rock was and Triple H and The Undertaker. Well, everyone knows The Rock. Well, yeah, but The Rock and Triple H had a thing. Not like a thing thing, but <laughs> they had a plot line. <laughs> not that I know of anyway. So, um, so then the, the episode kind of gets a little crazy when all the girls go out together. So they all aren't necessarily friends with each other, but they're all friends with Brittany. And so I think she organized it. But then before everything started, Lala was like, hey, Stassi, we just like need to clear the elephant in the room. You said all this stuff about Jeremy. How do you think uh, Lala and them all handled the bringing up of the, the situation? So... As somebody who doesn't watch reality TV, that bit of the episode was really kind of the bit where my alarm bell started ringing as to like how much of this is kind of encouraged, maybe not set up, not scripted, but kind of framed in a certain way because you're kind of like, so there's some beef here. Do you all go out with people with whom you actively have beef when all of you clearly have lives and other friends? Does Brittany choose to bring everybody together of her own will in that position? And does Lala decide that the way to open it up is to joke go straight for the throat? And everyone will say, yeah, but I mean, you need to know these people. That's how it goes. But that's how they're presented as how it's going. Mm-hmm. So I... Like how much of it is set up by producers? Like, hey, you guys are all supposed to go out like this totally. number of times a week and we film. So yeah, go. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's all of that. Putting that to one side, I totally respect someone who's like, you are out of line, 
And instead of letting this fester and all of us being a bit pathetic about it, I'm just going to say it. That said, if you've got some beef with someone, maybe calling them out in front of a room full of people is not the best way to address it. Right. And that's the bit where I start thinking, you know, would even these people in a, in a non-filmed situation deal with it this way? And Lala seems pretty, like, clued up. So I suspect she'd probably just be like, yo. Yeah, I think she's doing this for the camera. Like, she knows who she is and what she is. Like, yeah, or maybe she was encouraged TV. to yeah to, to do that. I don't know. But, but fair enough for bringing it up. I'm not too sure about how it played out. And... So then after that, the uh, they call them the Witches of WeHo. So WeHo is West Hollywood. And so Katie, Kristen, and Stasi have been friends the longest, and they all hang out together. They're also into a lot of really, like, seance stuff, and, like, everyone's always kind of joking about it, and them being the witches. They were making perfume, and Katie is married to Tom Schwartz, who's hanging out there. Um, he's the one who doesn't like to wear shoes. And, <laughs> and then... Um, Tom Sandoval decides to come on over and just berate the girls for how they were talking about Jeremy. How do you think he handled that? Ooh. Oh, dude. And I like him. Like, I really think Tom Sandoval is so funny. I mean, he plays the trumpet and, like... Right. Like, that's so funny. I mean, who I'm sure there the are, there are trumpeters out there who are really offended by this. It's <laughs> a serious instrument. Like how he just he thinks he's so good at everything, and I do think he's talented at things. But he just gets so he's one of those people. If he does something, he does it like like the whole way. He gets all in, yeah. and to get all in on being like a trumpeteer when like that's clearly not the your thing. Like you're yeah. a bartender, and are <laughs> on a reality show. Like it's so funny to me. He's, he's very close to a kind of stereotype that we have in Britain of certain types of American dudes. Okay, so like, what kind of American dudes? Well, like wait, kind talk of, through. Wait, let's take a step back. Okay. What kinds of like American dude stereotypes are there in Britain? Well, there are, there are several. Okay, can There's you talk like, through them? Uh, and this is, this is not, it's not like we have some national guidebook. Like, okay. This is just my take It's the Matt Oliver okay. guidebook of yeah, so. <laughs> American dudery. <laughs> so there's like the Sheldon type. Like American nerds are properly nerdy. Like, oh, you okay. own the nerds. Okay, right? like Big Bang Theory? Yeah, Got exactly. It. Uh, and then, but this, like Tom's vibe is the um, pretty concerned with how he looks type thing. Like mm-hmm. slightly overly groomed. Leads with his penis in every situation, even like if it's not because he's totally sexually driven, but like, no. I am the man. The man, like, yeah. I am man. Feel me raw. Man, man, man. Yeah. Uh, and so if he's like, so I'm playing the trumpet, he's like, I am best trumpeter. And you're like, you're clearly not the best trumpeter, but cool. Like, so <laughs> there's a certain kind of like ego dude bro thing going on. Yeah. Just like, you are not convincing me that you really believe that you are as awesome as you are presenting yourself to be okay that said he seemed like he had a good heart because i don't i mean that doesn't negate he's actually the like nicest boyfriend right it doesn't negate the fact that he might have a good heart just that he is putting on a front for the world that i'm not entirely buying okay so um, yeah, what other, are there any other kinds of like dudes or like stereotypes of American guys? So that's kind of like a twist on the, on the kind of classic jock. Yeah. No, I mean, we all know the classic jock. Right. And then there's the kind of like Wolf of Wall Street guy. Yeah. Okay. 
But what like what are the guys and like what are bros in Britain like? I mean, we're all totally normal. And <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't have found that quite so funny because you know it's supposed to be convincing. But, um, just different. I mean, more kind of. You I mean, don't. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Hickish. Hickish. We have we have our own like types of hicks. Okay. And these are not. People that you would want to have. They don't speak the, the Queen's English. <laughs> they don't speak the Queen's English. And, you know, like, I played a lot of football with a lot of them growing up. And that's cool. They're, like, again, doesn't say that they're not nice people. Yeah. But you wouldn't want them going out with your sister. Got it. That, so no would you Would you want Jax going out with your sister? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, <laughs> man, do I have rage about that. <laughs> I know you've only not. seen one episode and this is amazing. Right. The rage that you have. So let's go back. So Jax, you know, has this birthday party. Brittany throws him this birthday and it's been two months since the whole cheating situation went down where he cheated on her with a sort of mutual friend that worked at the restaurant who then also audio taped them post-coital, where he was saying some pretty terrible things about her, how he wasn't sexually attracted to her anymore, she had, like, gained weight, got lazy, like, terrible things. He's not sure if he wants to marry her or have kids with her, and this is all she wants in life, is to get married and have kids and move back to a farm in Kentucky. So, obviously very painful, no one can quite understand why they're still together, but she, I think, did break up for a period of time and then went back to him. Yeah, anyway, she was very forgiving, and her mom and sister came out because one of the girls, Kristen, decided, you know what, if I really want to break them up, I just need to bring her mom out here, knock some sense into her. But then Jax ended up, like, winning over the mom and sister again, and so then Brittany was like, okay. But in this episode, Brittany tells her dad for the first time, and her parents are divorced. And so he said he wasn't surprised. And I think this put Jax over the edge because when Jax and Brittany are talking after Brittany tells her dad, he just like turns things around on Brittany and was like, people, you know, you're not perfect either. And, you know, that. Yeah. 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 Okay, right. So first things first, there are two people, creatures, things that I know called Jax. And one is a Cavapoo. He is not Chris and Jax. It's a stupid name. Apologies to Jax is out there. That's bad. Well, his real name is actually Jason, and he changed it to Jax when he became a male model. <sighs> My God, this guy. Right. <laughs> okay, point two. One of the reasons why I think he makes me so angry is that Brittany seems so nice. Mm-hmm. She seems genuinely like the kind of person who just wants to be liked, like wants to be friends, just basically wants to be loved, mm-hmm. and he is being a tool. So that's point two. The third one is, you know... Stepping aside from all the kind of cheating stuff, which I'm going to get into, because that drives me mad. But that kind of... So to put it put in another situation, like you're, you come home and your partner's there and, and like you've, you've washed up all the dishes, but you've piled every piece of crockery that you have into some kind of crazy leaning tower of pizza that, that threatens destroying half of your worldly belongings. And your other half says wow, so you didn't fancy, like, drying stuff up. And your response is not, yes, that's true, I played Tetris with our crockery. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> I played you... Tetris with our crockery? That's like the most British thing I've ever heard anyone okay. say. So, but, like... <laughs> well, that, I'm not saying that you have to respond with that, but instead of, like, acknowledging, yes, this is crazy, I have created a tower about all of our, like, crockery. <laughs> Stop laughing every time I say crockery. 
<laughs> your response is like, you left the fridge open two days ago. And you're like, it's a very annoying male thing yeah. to respond to perfectly valid criticism by instead of being like, yes, I acknowledge your criticism. That is fair. To, to instead just be like, yeah, but you did, you did this. this. Yeah. Like, just try and totally shift it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, like, if you... I don't know if he was drunk when he cheated on her. Even if he was, I believe in any state, if somebody had held a gun to his head and been like, do you have a girlfriend? He'd have been like, yes, I have a girlfriend, regardless of how much he'd had to drink. So basically what happened was, at some point he decided he cared more about his his own, like, sexual pleasure than the feelings of his other half. Which, I mean, he has cheated on everyone he's ever dated. This has been a okay. common so theme then it's in, a common in the, yeah. So, and that means that, I'm sorry, you have to suck it up if your other half then is kind of upset about the fact that you cheated. Right. So just get on with it. So, but you said that, like, so you mentioned at one point that she had rather large breasts. And I said that they're not, they're, you know, were augmented and he actually paid for them, which was a really interesting thing because I think she did always want to get a boob job and props out there to women who want to take control of their bodies and do something that makes them feel better. Um, But, and actually Stassi ended up getting a breast reduction because hers were like too large and she's very happy about how that turned out. So, but what was interesting is when she went in for the appointment to figure out the size he pushed her to get much larger boobs. And he was kind of like, well, I'm paying for them. And you didn't know any of this. But while we were watching, you said that there is, he pays for shit, which gives him a free pass, and that there is a type of odd psychological torment to pay for somebody's, like, body changes. Because she's walking around and there is a piece of her body that has changed and that was paid for by him. Almost right. as if he, like, owns a piece of her. Kinda. Yeah, that's... So, I assume that no one who has ever gone for, like, serious body-altering, life-altering surgery just woke up one morning and was like, you know what, actually, I fancy having a boob job today. Like, so, clearly, this was a bit of an issue for her, either big or small, for a while, that that meant that she she wanted to have yeah. cosmetic, uh, cosmetic surgery. So, when you have that kind of issue, and then your significant other is like, not only am I going to pay for it, but apparently I'm going to get to choose what you come out like. Yeah. And then, like, forever, she is carrying around this reminder that he, in inverted commas, again, not great for radio, made her in some way into the woman that she is today. Yeah. Like, so if she's happy, it's because of him. If she's not happy, it could also quite reasonably be of him. It's weird, and I... Apparently, he has this record of paying for stuff because you end up paying for stuff when you're too much of a dick to be pleasant company if you don't have money. Ooh. Like, because, of, like, if you're just, like, splashing the cash around, sure, like, there are loads of people who pay for stuff because they've got the cash, but they're also quite quite nice people to have around. He evidently is not a nice person to have around, and he's trying to compensate for it by the fact that he's got cash. So do you think that they're going to make it as a couple? I hope not. I know, but I worry that she'll stick with him. I respect what she said at the end in, when she said she, you can't control. Who the, you love, yeah. yeah. You can't just switch it off. Yeah. 
But at the same time, like I would hope that she finds the self-confidence or finds some way of appreciating her value for herself. Mm -hmm. That means that she doesn't need to have him as part of her life. Totally agree. I 100% agree. It's amazing that you only saw one episode of Vanderpump Rules and are already just like looking in, you know, deeply psychologically analyzing everyone. Do you understand why I love this show so much? Do you have like a glimpse of it? You didn't see like as many funny parts in this, but you saw a little bit of the humor. Yeah. So I, it's interesting to me that one of the reasons why you really like reality TV is the humor. It's like yeah. that it's funny. I think it's funny. Well, no, that's great. I mean, whatever enjoyment you get out of it is cool. <laughs> but, but I had never considered that that would be a reason why somebody would be super into reality TV. I find, I think I find things funny that other people don't find funny. I don't, yeah, quite possible. I mean, you certainly laugh easily, but, <laughs> but there's a case in point. Um, but I don't know. I kind of get it, but I don't. I think I would always struggle to get away from that. How real is this reality? But that's one of the most amazing parts of watching it is trying to figure out, like, for me, it's trying to figure out what's staged, what's not staged, what's honest, what's not honest, who's trying to play what kind of a game. And um, I do that by, like, following all of them on social media, seeing how they react, seeing what they post. Sometimes they're like, well, what you didn't see when this was filmed was that this actually happened, and they only showed this, you know? Or that, you know, at the end, they always do reunions, which is one of my absolute favorite things. And Andy Cohen, you know, my absolute hero, he, uh, who's the creator of The Real Housewives and has the show Watch What Happens Live, he'll host a reunion and ask people questions and they rehash kind of all of the drama and things that happened throughout the entire season. And so not only did they, they, they finally got to watch back what happened and see it the way the producers put it together and have different opinions on stuff now. And they, they go through things and they'll even say, Hey, well, what you didn't see in this was actually that happened. And they'll walk you through it. And sometimes things come out uh, that you didn't expect for example, Sheena was married for a couple years. You knew that her husband had an issue with drugs. He was addicted to pills, and they made that a storyline. But what you didn't know was that he was having some sort of weird relationship, either physical or via text, with a girl. And she made sure that people hid that because she was so embarrassed by it and wanted to make her marriage work. And everyone thought that the reason that they ended was because of the drugs, but really this, like you know, potential cheating and all of that came through. And that was something that was just like blew my mind. She also divorced him on camera and ambushed him. So. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting because like something that you said in there also kind of tripped my, "Mm, this might not be, you know, how much of this is staged with a lot of the arguments that took place in this episode would have been fairly easily resolved if only everything that had been said and done had been filmed. Oh, wait, it has been. Yeah. So would you lead, this is kind of a, maybe a British phrase, I don't know, would you lead with your chin? Like, would you stick your neck out and be like, no, this isn't right, or yes, this is how it was, when you know there is evidence that will be either revealed to you in full at some point, or yeah. partially at some point, and certainly to other people in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, I think this is one of those episodes, though, where it's not the evidence that's the big thing. It's how people, like, they are watching the exact, they could see the same thing and view it different ways. 
for example, when I saw the wedding footage and saw how Jeremy was acting, I was like, ooh, that is not okay. Like, he's being physically aggressive with Stasi. He is, like, putting his hands on her. And I view that as, like, crossing a boundary that maybe you're like, oh, but he was just drunk and stupid and horny. And I was like, oh. Yeah, but you, know you, what I mean? you also don't know what kind of relationship they have, whether they're kind of, like, the kind of friends or people. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> no, I mean, they're more kind yeah, of relevant. Yeah, but maybe, maybe they were. I mean, maybe they were friendly that night. Maybe they had been talking. But even what he said was like, I'm going to stop hitting on you now. Like, it was kind of like he knew he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And he was sure. still doing it. So, so I'm not arguing yeah. that he wasn't kind of creepy. I'm not, yeah. It's not a free pass to say he was drunk and horny at a wedding. But it is that what I saw was not sufficient to, to be use like the term predatory. Predatory, or yeah. are you going to be in a public location with him? Like what? But like, what first date isn't in a public location? Well, I mean, that is a fair point. <laughs> the other part that I thought could have definitely been, well, let's just maybe we should just see how this played out. Is the whole row about what they said in the first place, where Stacy was like, uh, "Oh, we didn't say that," or "We didn't think that she'd take it like that." Fine, but if you recognize that there are different interpretations, people can can hear different things from like the same sentence. Yeah. I mean, then you just go back and look, and if you did. But say the producers keep the footage, and I don't think they show it until like they want the drama. Yeah, of course they want the drama. But yeah. if you're signing up to be made to look like a fool, depending on your biases, in I a see. Certain, in a I think situation. maybe this was Billy Lee's. Like, she, this was her first forte into looking like. She created a little bit of drama because she went to the other girls and was like, this is what Stassi and Kristen said, and then riled them all up. Um, And I feel like maybe this was her being like, well, I do also want to be relevant. I am on this show, and everyone likes me, and blah, blah, blah. But at some point, I'm going to need to create some controversy to remain a character. Because the only person who can be a character and not have controversy is Brittany. Everyone likes her. No one can find anything mean to say about but her. But controversy follows her around. But yes, way. because she's with Jax. Right. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, that was my sort of like but potential takeaway. Doesn't that on kind it? of strike you that slightly funny that people are for, well, potentially think that they have to provoke some drama or always? I mean, if you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you see, I forgot what Andy Cohn called it, but it's like the first years, like the. The new housewives, they sometimes overdo it with the drama because they think they need to be relevant and it's annoying. And others, like, don't do – they just want to be liked Mm -hmm. and then they don't have – they're just boring. And so it's like to be able to strike the right tone as a new housewife is really, really difficult. A lot of people are let go after their first year. So it's like they keep trying out, like, one new person each year until it sticks and I feel like Billy Lee, most of these people have been friends for many, many, many years. There's very few new, quote-unquote, cast members on uh, Vanderpump Rules. The only new people are if the people who are actually on the show start dating someone, and then that person ends up becoming part of the cast. Right. So it's fascinating that she's new, is that she works at Sir, but she is a new character on the show, and mm. she does need to have some sort of storyline in order to be relevant. And okay. just being trans isn't going to last a whole season. Sure. I, that, I mean, again, that's kind of fascinating. You were talking about the psychology of it earlier. You're, you've deliberately, or the producers have deliberately set up a structure where the incentives are very carefully positioned to make people act in a certain way. Yes, 
This is why, I mean, is this real life? (laughs) Is it? What a great title for a podcast. (laughs) Only a really, really smart person who, uh, you know, doesn't uh, play Tetris with her crockery (laughs) would come up with that. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to be wearing that one for a while. (laughs) Well, it is midnight and we are in New Delhi and you have quite an early morning, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've always, we've been talking about this for months. I've always wanted to get your insight on just, you know, Vanderpump rules and especially these British accents. So thank you for decoding (laughs) them for us. Thank you for having me. And if if you ever want just a special slot of someone to, to decode a British accent, just give me a buzz. Oh, I will. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mandy. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.